Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave. Take it away, Tom. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Tom, and I'm here with my good friend, Shay, and we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 3, Episode Number 16 of the Scare Your Pants Off, our American Road Trip. On today's episode, we've set up camp in Georgia. So, how are you today, Shay? I'm, I'm very, very good. How are you? I'm really good, really good. This was a fun state. So what's new? So a couple of things. I, I jumped back in. I know a couple episodes ago we talked about the new Walking Dead show, City of the Dead, or City mm. of Dead, whatever it is. And um, so I did. I, I jumped back into it. I love Negan. I'm going to give it a try. And God, I can't do it. I, oh, she's, she's insufferable in this. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I, I agree. It's, it's a slog. It's the, the only thing that I've been like, oh, that's super cool is the zip lines. And that's not yeah. what should be the, the coolest part of your show. It's almost like they undid everything of the last like season or two of Maggie and Nika. Like, like yeah. all the progress they made just went out the window. And I get it. What he did was awful. And and horrible and and is unforgivable it really i mean he he, she was pregnant and he beat her husband's brains out with a bat but we've gotten past that at this point this was you know you know over 10 years ago the baby has grown up now uh you know in his teens at least you know and at uh, least and uh yeah she just She's hard to take, and I love her as an actress too. It's, it's she. It's I think it's the writing of the show, and it, it's it's tough. It's uh, yeah, I just and I love Negan too, and Negan's um, journey and as a character, his character arcs has been one of the more interesting in The Walking Dead. For me, it's him and Morgan from Fear of the Walking Dead have the two most sort of interesting character arcs and stories throughout this universe um yeah but yeah it's yeah it's it's unfortunate it's it's a tough tough watch uh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's i don't know it and again I, I i and i like her as an actress like i've seen her stuff and i absolutely love her in it but i, I but and i adore the crap out of negan i and i love jeffrey dean morgan so but she, yeah i it just doesn't they didn't follow how they ended The Walking Dead the way they probably should have because it's it's misplaced. The way she's being, she needs him. Yeah. <laughs> it's so misplaced. Yeah, it's it, it, exactly. It's just, yeah, it, it, it's annoying almost. It's just like, yeah. it's like, and at this point, I'll, I'll finish this season just because I'm like five or six episodes deep. But I don't think I, if it goes on another season, I have no idea what the plan is for this. But no. it's, you know, they're really trying to milk this cow, this pig, uh, for everything it's worth. And uh, every show has seen diminishing returns since. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, Walking Dead was the best, but even by the end, it was getting tough to lock. Fear of the Walking Dead had a rocky start. And then actually, I started to enjoy it, really enjoy it around season three or four. And through now and we're in the fi- that's in its final season so it, it was tough to watch it's good but still a diminishing return then you had the one with the kids there and that was the two season one which was rotten just a rotten show and then this i mean and then i, I believe they still got the the daryl show coming. september i think yeah and then in the, the rick movies and it's like oh boy oh it's uh they're they're ma- they're making for 
it tough for the, the longtime diehard fans now of this yeah. series. Nope, oh, they are. Boy, you watch anything else? Anything good? I, or? <laughs> I did. I actually watched the newest Children of the Corn. Ooh, okay. Now, horror movies, absolutely my genre. Stephen King horror movies, here for it. Um, now, I, I love the original, and I even actually liked a lot of the sequels. I won't say I love the sequels, but I liked a lot of the sequels, which is not typically the case for me. Um, it is sometimes, but not typically. Now, a couple of things that this movie changed that had me going into it cautiously were the children are not all little blonde, blue-eyed, creepy-looking little mm-hmm. pale children. They are an assortment. And the main child in the original was a little blonde boy who's terrifying. Um, it is now a uh, very dark, almost black-haired girl. Okay. So, now, in history, in Stephen King movie history, obviously, there have been some changes. In Pet Cemetery. they, in the newer Pet Cemetery, they made Ellie die instead of Gage, but they did that because they couldn't do with Gage at that age. Mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that needed to be done without it being cheesy, maybe like the first one was. And again, I like the first one, so I'm not knocking it. It's, it was cheesy, though. Everyone who knows it and loves it knows it was cheesy. Yep. Um, obviously, I had I had huge reservations stepping into the new It when it wasn't Tim Curry and couldn't be Tim Curry, and it was this guy named Bill Skarsgård. Who the fuck is that? But we all know my stance on that now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I jumped in and I gave it a try and I, I I'd say about a half hour in it dawned on me that I loved it. Yes. It's this little girl. She's creepy. She's got this, she's got this perfect, this perfectly sweet, creepy way about her. And it's, and it's awesome. And I feel like it's almost easier for a little girl to do than a little boy to do. And I, generally find little girls to be creepier than little boys in movies uh, with the exception of the little boy that plays Georgie who's creepy and everything he's fantastic mm-hmm. um but she was fantastic she was absolutely perfect and it was it was a, I thought they did really good no I, I'm definitely I just wrote it down it's on my list no definitely I think I'm pretty sure that was the one I put it I put it on maybe even last week but it was like I get home from work and you know I it's two in the morning and you know or by the time i turn on the tv it might be three so i end up falling asleep a lot uh during it but so i'm definitely definitely gonna it's on the list i i might watch that tonight because i love the original children of the car so yep. it's so creepy uh, yeah. Same. and before we jump in two that i just um why well, i'm psyched that the new season's just started the after party on Apple TV, so good. It's season two, uh, Tiffany Haddish, and just a bunch. Of, uh, this season's got Ken Jong, and um, I can never remember the black guy's name there, Sam something, and who's friends with Tim Robinson, who was in the show Detroiters. Um, so that season two started, and season one was just absolutely, it's just so much fun. It's on Apple TV. It's like a murder mystery comedy sort of thing, and. Uh, so, um, and then the newest season, which I believe is season five of What We Do in the Shadows, has just, uh, episode three just dropped on third, Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, already, uh, I love that show, and it, the first three episodes are already great. So, so I'm definitely going to check out After Party. I keep forgetting about it. And I'm literally writing a glaring sign to myself that I'm going to put on my TV to watch... What we do in the shadows. I love that show. And that show the show is amazing because that show is not generally the humor that I find funny, but it has me rolling every single episode because the delivery is perfect every time. Yeah, it's it's very dry at times, um, which I love. I love that sort of dry, almost um british and european sort of humor i i i I love it but and i will say this in this season too they just take some big swings on some jokes too and they're just it's 
almost out of character for the show, but it works a hundred percent and they're just hilarious and you're, and you're rolling too. It's, uh, awesome. yeah, very, Good. very well done. I love it. Great show. All right. Well, unless we have anything else, I believe you have a cryptid this week. Time for the cryptid. I do have the cryptid and I actually can't wait to talk about it. So Georgia, I don't, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was not expecting the absolute abundance of cryptids that are in Georgia. I, I don't know why. I just never, I was never like, oh, Georgia, Cryptidville, but yeah, no, it's Cryptidville, apparently. Um, now, they have a bunch. They have, uh, they have a river monster named Alti. Uh, they have the Georgia Raptor, which is, has been spotted and said that it resembles a Jurassic Park Raptor. Who doesn't love Jurassic Park? I love Jurassic Park. That's awesome. Um, there's a, there's the Georgia Swamp thing, which it's my understanding that at one point in time, nine hunters were sent out in a party to hunt it, and only five came back. And may I say that unless that swamp thing did something to you, that's what you get for hunting a cryptid. So, now, they also have, and I want to see if this one sounds familiar to, to you. It says this one is similar to a Bigfoot, but everything else about it sounds familiar. It's the pig man, and it has pig features, and it's often seen as sad. Some things say it even cries, and people tend to pity it more than fear it, but avoid it because it is sad and crying. Does that sound like anything to you? What is coming into my brain right now is a squonk. Yes, the saddest, sweetest cryptid ever in life is a squonk, and that's awful, but... <laughs> They also have Hogzilla, which kind of, I mean, I know we talked about something similar in an in instance in the last episode, but it's kind of a cryptid, kind of not a cryptid. It's over nine feet long, nearly 900 pounds, and it has been proven real in that it is a hybrid of a farm hog and a wild boar. So, ooh, right? Super creepy, kind of cool. Um, the cryptid, however, that we are doing is the werewolf of Talbottom. Have you heard of that? No, I am not. I mean, obviously we've heard of a werewolf, but not of this specific one. Oh, I'm excited. I love werewolves. So here's a rough timeline. Emily Elizabeth's dad, Emily Isabella's dad dies. Her mom, Mildred, inherits all of the money and then sends Emily and her siblings to a boarding school in Europe. Doesn't say which one, can't find out which one, can't figure it out for the life of me. Now, uh, Emily Isabella returns from Europe and complains of insomnia and sleepwalking. Uh, farmers start to complain about livestock slayings or just flat out going missing. Uh, a European neighbor claims that this is something he has seen before, that it is a werewolf. Now, in a very pitchfork and torches kind of way. The farmers made silver bullets and shot at the creature. Some instances say that she may have been shot before this, but uh, in most accounts, it says that she was wounded and found later on in the woods by her mother, who then patched her up and sent her to a doctor specializing in lycanthropy in France. Other claims say that she may have been sent to a relative's house. I don't know which one, but more of them actually say that she was sent to be studied for lycanthropy. Hmm. Now, while she was in Paris, none of the attacks happened. No more attacks, no more livestock went missing, no more anything. Upon returning, she was quote-unquote cured, but there were still sporadic attacks on livestock. Maybe during a full moon. I don't know. Um, now, eventually, Emily Isabella would die. And at the time of her death, she owned a 300-acre estate, uh, partly owned a warehouse, uh, a house and land, and a house and land, uh, in, sorry, in 
in Columbus, Georgia, that she possibly rented out because I believe she was also a landlord. Now, her obituary suggests that she was well-loved and respected, a pillar in the community who brought comfort and chair to many sick beds and sympathy and, sorry, and helped to heal the full of sorrow and, and whatnot. So, however, when you look at her tombstone, her tombstone reads, thy form alone is all, thank God, that to the grave is given. Okay, all right. Yep. Now, what could that possibly mean? Could that possibly mean that only her human form is in there and maybe her werewolf self is not? Or could it simply mean that her soul has moved on to another place and it's just her body, and which who knows, but I, I think it's kind of a cool thing to be on, a, on a, an alleged werewolf's tombstone. Yeah, for sure. Now, some accounts claim that she had very sharp teeth. Uh, her mother took her to a dentist, but they couldn't do anything about it, and that her smile was described as disturbing. Uh, the community offered a $200 reward at one point to kill the werewolf, and this is the equivalent to $5,500 today. And it's also possible that her mother was the shooter to bring her down for the money because you know, her mother's not great. Um, <laughs> now, and her mom was convinced that her daughter's sleepwalking was connected to the livestock attack. So she was very quick to believe that her daughter was, in fact, a werewolf. But that's that's what I have for my werewolf today. Oh, great choice. Great choice. Um, I love it. Before I jump into that, first of all, 100% in Georgia Raptor. Very cool. Um, Swamp Thing, one of my favorite superheroes uh, out there. So yep. that's what I just envisioned, Swamp Thing. And uh, Hogzilla. Mm -hmm. wow. That just a lot of fun. But um, all right. So the werewolf, I like I said, I love a, a, good, a good werewolf. And there's always, where there's a werewolf, there's livestock slang. And so I just, that's, so right there uh, kind of makes sense. I love the fact that it's a European guy knew right away. It just like, mm -hmm. I, I, I picture the guy like from Romania or someplace like that, like just, even though I know Romania is more like vampires, but like a place like that, just being like, oh yeah, we, I know we, we deal with that shit all the time. Um, so I thought that was cool. Of course, you know, her getting shot, you know, of course we got to shoot things. And, uh, but again, if it, I guess if it's, if something's damaging your, your livelihood, like your livestock, would you rely on not only for money, but just to live? I, I, I guess I can kind of look the other way, even though again, not a fan of just shooting cryptids and stuff like that. Same. We talk, there's exceptions, you know, if your life's in danger, stuff like that, mm -hmm. obviously, but so that one, eh, literally, she was very rich, owned lots of lands. Her gravestone, that's cool. Like, what's right? I always love a good gravestone. Like, yep. where it's like a cool message or something or secret messages in it or stuff. Like, so I love that because that is a very interesting thing to put on a gravestone of a suspected werewolf. It just, mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, no, just a, I, Overall, just really, really, I, I love it. It's a great story. Great choice. Thank you. All right. Well, do we have, if we have, don't have anything else with that, I'm going to jump into the haunting. Time for the haunting. Can't wait. All right. So Georgia, as you'd imagine, has a lot of hauntings and haunts and, um, Stuff like that. You know, you got your cemeteries, you got your hospitals and hotels and asylums and, and roads and everything. But I went with something. I don't think we've discussed this type of thing being haunted before. I might be wrong because I don't have the best memory. But I'm going to be talking about Lake Lanier. Have you heard of it? I have not, but I, I like I like the concept of a haunted lake. Right? You know, I was like, oh, I don't know if we talked about that. And that's really interesting. So 
Lake Lanier, this lake is actually a man-made lake and was created in the 1950s by flooding valley communities. And by communities, I mean these were full-fledged towns with government buildings, churches, stores, homes, cemeteries, etc. Prior to the flooding, the land was said to be lush and fertile and teeming with wildlife like rabbits, squirrels, chipmunks, and what have you. Uh, the communities were predominantly black and were said to be thriving with lots of jobs, a great economy, good schools, and a very vibrant um, arts and entertainment sort of culture. So the uh, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers came knocking. Um, they wanted to actually create a dam or build a dam and create a large lake in the area. And so they came knocking and tough decisions had to be made by the res residents because the government wanted to buy their land. Um, the government offered locals what they called much more than market value for their land, as well as decrying all the benefits the lake and dam would have on all the locals. Not only would the dam and resulting lake help from flooding of the Chattahoochee River, it would create jobs, bring money into the area, and new and more modern towns would sprout up around the lake. But how do you put a price on family and a family heritage? Generation upon generation of families have made this place home. So after a while, eventually, Approximately 700 families sold about 56,000 acres to the government to form the Chattahoochee Dam. Again, while the government complained, uh, claimed it was more than a fair amount for the land, residents quickly began to regret their decision to sell. Generations of families and homes gone from the towns forever and Surprise, surprise, the money was not that great. One guy, it was estimated to be sold between five and 700 acres, received about $4,100. Now, it's the- That's 50s. not cool. I know, right? It's the 1950s, so that's more than what it is today, obviously. But to, now you have to move away from your home, that's not gonna go that far. You've got to either buy a new home, build a new home, all that stuff. So yeah, not great. Surprise, surprise, government screwed people. <laughs> um, even naming the lake would become a headache with, with some wanting to name it after famous local politicians and others wanting to name it after a legendary college football coach. Uh, after all, it is the South, Georgia, and college football is religion down there. I, I had a roommate that was from uh, from Georgia, and just yeah, it's it's a religion. Um, they would ultimately settle on an 18th century acclaimed poet, Sidney Lanier, who wrote the song of the Chattahoochee. So, just a fun fact in the middle here. Uh, today, the lake contains. 625 billion gallons of water or the equivalent of 950,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools. Yeah, for a man-made lake, that's gigantic. So what lies in and beneath the water? The lake is one of the most deadly lakes in the U.S., if not the world. At least 203 people have died in drowning and boat accidents since 1994, and some say over 700 since its creation in the 1950s. So, makes sense why it would be a little bit haunted, and people have claimed to hear the sounds of people talking and partying, yet no one is there. Others have claimed to hear ghostly boat sounds like motors and, you know, and whatnot, and even see swells and ripples in the water when there is no wind or other weather event. Also, they've claimed to see streaks of light, 
and orbs. And many believe that the restless spirits of these drowning victims and these boat accident victims are actually causing a lot of these new, you know, more of uh, these newer crashes for some reason. So after the residents moved away, the engineers began to dismantle some of the town, tearing many buildings down, chopping trees, moving graves, etc. While the engineers claim that they moved all the graves, many dispute this. And additionally, all the unmarked graves from generations past. This area was very poor initially, so there is estimated to be hundreds, if not thousands, of unmarked graves. And now many believe that the spirits of these people and the unmarked graves are haunting it because their remains now were, you know, disturbed. So, and this doesn't even take into account any of the Civil War uh, deaths that happened. And we know there was a ton, you know, unmarked graves were really common during the wars. And, the, and a lot of even mass graves that are unmarked out there. So some believe that they're uh, uh, haunting. And that doesn't even take into account the indigenous tribes and their burial uh, sites that resided in the area centuries or millennia prior to uh, the these people. And we know, and we I think we talked about it, it might have been last week, you know, in the burial grounds being disturbed. What we know about the paranormal is we know that's bad. We, we know you don't disturb Native American burial grounds. And, uh, yep. you know, it's, they could have been there. So, Earlier, I mentioned buildings and churches, amongst other things, being buried or submerged below the water surface. Well, some claim to hear church bells coming from the earth of the water. Now, experts say this can't be true because the church was dismantled almost completely due to the height of the steeple, saying it would stick uh, out of the water and be hazardous to boats or people swimming, divers, and everything. I don't know the truth 100%, but that is a claim that people hear the, uh, the church bells. Another favorite feature of the area prior to the lake was the local racetrack. The, tra the track was another casualty of the lake and was partially dismantled prior to the lake formation. And by partially, I mean, they talk off about the top five rows of the bleachers and that was about it so anyway nowadays people claim to hear race car sounds like race cars racing around track coming from the water as well as screeching brakes people cheering and car horns all coming from the water not sure why because to my knowledge nobody died on this track or in, or anything like that but that is a claim. A little fun fact, I forget her name, but actually a female won a race, a race at uh, this track back in the late 70s and was like the first female to win a big established race on, uh, on, a, on a track. Um, so the most famous haunt or ghost of this body of water, though, is said to be the spirit of the Lady of the Lake. According to the story, Susie Roberts and friend Delia Mae Parker were out driving around in April of 1958. As they came up on, or as they came upon the lake uh, on Lanier Bridge in Daw on Dawsonville Highway, Roberts lost control of the car. It had careened off the right abutment, abutment of the bridge and went over the side. The car finally came to rest in 90 feet of water on a steep slope at the base of the bridge. It was caught in the dead fall of the sheared off tree trunks that comprised the bottom of the lake. A year after the accident, divers discovered the body of Susie's friend and passenger, Delia Mae Parker, but were not able to locate Susie or the car. This is why she is believed to be the Lady of the Lake. It wasn't until November of 1990, almost 40 years later, that her car was discovered 
construction crews found it when they dredged the bottom of the lake so they could work on the foundation pillars. And when people see her, she's usually dressed in a blue dress, sometimes or a light blue. Some people have described it as off-white, and just seems to be wandering aimlessly in the area. Um, so uh, some of the other claims that uh, people have said uh, about the area, not necessarily just the lake, is that it has a higher than average. Uh, amount of car crashes near the lake or car problems, flats, um, electronic problems, all those sort of car uh, car issues, as well as spotty phone and internet reception, as well as just issues with electronics. And that is Lake Lanier. So yeah, I, I love the Haunted Lake. I don't think we've ever done it before. That was a great choice. So, I obviously, knowing the procedures for this type of thing is obviously not my forte, but if you're, first of all, displacing however many families you displace to create this man-made lake that is going to be used for the purpose of recreation, like boating and swimming and diving, no, in, in a flood, obviously, obviously the water itself presents as dangers. There's currents and drowning and whatnot. But a big part of the problem in flooding is the debris from the things mm -hmm. taken over by the flood. Now, from what you were saying and a little bit of what I was just reading is that they, they basically left most of the town intact and then filled it with water? Wouldn't that just be dangerous? I thought so. It seems strange to me. Yeah, so they built the dam and then just basically let it flood, you know, the rains from the rivers and the dam and everything, and let it flood for most of the city. It sounds like a lot of the city was still intact, yes. So <laughs> it does seem very dangerous to me. <laughs> and there is a shocking number of bodies found there. And in, in, I saw... One of the quick little tips that I saw because you you caught my attention so much is in 2011 alone there were over 17 deaths. That's right. that's insane. That's crazy. One thing caught my eye. Uh, did you see the malevolent catfish? I uh so I I I heard a. I didn't see malevolent actually now that you say it, but I've heard about they were talking about some of these catfish being the size of 10 year old and 12 year old boys, but I didn't see yep. no. What is this malevolent? So apparently it, they range anywhere from big enough to swallow a dog to big enough to swallow a uh, like an adult sized diver. Wow. Oh, gosh. I know yeah. I didn't see. Wow. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, um, it's so interesting. And then the the bodies. I mean, there's there's bodies being found, like in the last couple of years. There's it. I that place is so interesting. So I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest everybody do a deep dive and look at a little bit more of this because obviously we would need days to probably cover all the stuff you're gonna find about this about this lake because that's insane. Yeah, that's a great point. And that was actually a kind of a struggle I had with it when I was doing the research because I was really drawn to it. But formatting it and getting the important stuff in and trying not to jump back and forth on story, it, this was it, as much fun as I had. It was one of the harder ones for me to format for mm -hmm. our show when I was doing the research just to kind of keep everything straight and what was important and what could could kind of, you know, maybe didn't need to be in there. One thing that I, I, I made a note to talk about, but didn't really put in, because it's only one guy and others have come, uh, disputed this. A I got an avid diver that goes down there all the time claims that when he's diving, he feels arms and legs down at the bottom, like stiff and they don't move or anything, but he's like, it's clearly, you know, people's arms and legs down there that he's feeling 
again, it's only one guy. No, other people have said, no way, it can't be. I've died, you know, never seen it. But, you, I mean, to, enough to where it showed up in resources. So it's been in papers and stuff that, that this, uh, so. Yeah, that's was, that's insane, and yeah. and to displace the families like that, and for for almost no, I feel like the compensation needs to be equal or better at the very least. They should be set up with homes already. Yes, they should. I mean, that's not you don't do that to people. That's messed up. And to compensate them in a way that they're not even gonna be able to get back what they had, let alone more than which they probably deserve at that point, is is absurd to me. Yeah, they just came, you know, and that's, they just, you know, 4,100, again, is more, but still, it's like, you're, you're, like I said, this is generation upon generation that they built their family memories, and, you know, you can't, it's tough to put a price tag on all that stuff, and yeah. just, and they came in, and they took advantage, and they knew, and like I, I, I said in there, you know, that the, the, um, the culture was vibrant, and they had really good schools and stuff. But again, this is the 1950s and it's predominantly black. So it's just because they're just getting these things. They've already, you know, it's, they've had, the, they, they, you know, there was segregation before that and slavery. So they're trying to catch up at this point. So a lot of these people, you know, you tell them, it seems like a lot of money and they might not be as educated. So they just think it is. And then they realize once afterwards, 4,100, okay, that, that got me through a year or two really and that was it and it yeah. probably not even that by the time they buy a house or build a house and would set up whatever they you know if, if they were farmers which i think a lot of them were and stuff you know it's yeah it's unfortunate the government does have a tendency to do that when they claim eminent domain they say they're giving you more than you know more than what it's worth and then it never turns out that way it's so uh, they always they always win in the it's like it's like a casino the house always wins the government always wins so yeah unfortunately nope that was a lot of fun i uh i definitely definitely and yeah like Chase said guys check do do your there's a lot on this do do some research i would love to go here um not swim no swimming yes yeah i won't swim i'm not big on swimming anyway but um but all right anyway unless we have anything else on that i believe you have a strange encounter today time for the strange encounter i do and so in the last episode, your cryptid mentioned two presidents, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, it did. My strange encounter has a president today. Ooh, really? Yep, and it involves Jimmy Carter, and it happened in 1969. Does this ring a bell to you at all? Um, actually, now that you say it, a little bit. I know a little. I I know a little bit about it, but not a ton. But I, it's funny. I just recently read about this. Okay. Well, I'm intrigued, and I look forward to the conversation to ensue after. Yes. Um, in the South Georgia town of Leary, uh, while getting ready for a Lions Club meeting, Mr. Carter and 10 to 20 other people saw a bright object in the western sky at about 7.15 shortly after dark. He described a ball of light that changed size, brightness, and color over a period of 10 to 12 minutes. And he said that it went anywhere from 300 to 1,000 yards at any time. Uh, he claimed the UFO to be self-luminous, and that's a quote, and not solid. No. He filed reports with the International UFO Bureau and the National Investigation Committee on Aerial Phenomena. Upon request in 1973 as the governor of Georgia, sorry, he did that as the governor of Georgia. I apologize. I'm going to say that again. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he filed reports with the International UFO Bureau and the National Investigation Committee on Aerial Phenomena upon request in 1973 as the governor of Georgia. So, interesting. Yeah, very. Now, investigations suggest that Mr. Carter and the people he was with may have seen the planet Venus. 
and Carter refused this, saying that he is an avid outdoorsman and has interest in astronomy and he knows what Venus looks like. I love that. Finally, I in finally someone with the power to be like, yeah, no, that's not a thing. I know what Venus looks like because a lot of times it's just, you know, Farmer Joe or this guy has no pull. Yeah, exactly. Jimmy Carter has a little pull. Exactly. Uh, through the years, Carter never claimed that the UFO was alien, but he did say he would never make light of a UFO claim. In his 1976 presidential campaign, he claimed that if elected, I'll make every piece of information this country has about UFO sightings available to the public and scientists. But after being elected, President Car Carter cited defense concerns and backed out of that statement. Mm. That's fishy. Yep. Now, several media outlets tried to make light of the incident leaning on the Venus theory. And a man named Carl uh, came forward with a scientific explanation. He claims to have participated in a study in the upper atmosphere that matches the time and location of the sighting. The study released a glowing chemical cloud, uh, notably sodium and barium, which could have produced the results Mr. Carter reported. And what's strange about it is that people who attended the meeting and have been asked about it through the years said they either didn't see it or they don't remember it being significant. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I have about that. But I'm I'm curious to see, I'm curious to see what you have to say about it. So okay, so I'm I'm a little familiar with it, and um, first I'll talk about I love that it was the description of it self-luminous not solid just because what i've seen re uh, recent you know since we've been doing this show really is you know you have your ufo sighting but then you have these other people that are into ufos but don't believe most of the sightings because their theory is that ships wouldn't look like what we think they look like you know that they might not be solid that the you know stuff like that so i really liked the idea that it was different than your sort of flying saucer you know of the time especially of that time in the 70s or whatever of it jimmy carter now like you said has the pull when he first saw it you know i know he's gone on to say that he never thought you know claimed it was you uh you know alien and stuff but when i was reading about it supposedly friends of his at the time he was very very adamant that it, it was some sort of alien type of thing uh now i don't know how true that is but that's what friends of at least what i read what some friends had said that he he clearly thought that it was a ufo like like alien ufo um a lot of people were excited and you know when he was like made that promise on the campaign trail that he was gonna you know sort of almost declassify everything and then all of a sudden once he's in there changed his tune and that i know pissed off a lot of people it's in the ufo community because the, it, but for them it was proof that there was more going on as well because this guy claimed it and then all of a sudden he just completely backtracked and then said you know there's nothing that is definitive proof of aliens and um which is unfortunate because you would that's the goal with this that you will eventually have a president that is willing to speak a hundred percent candidly about it although even barack obama recently had said that there's he when he was president he saw not and he, he claims that he looked really hard because he, he was interested in it claimed that he didn't see anything that was 100 percent proof of alien uh life or anything like that but still jimmy carter seeing this that that adds a whole different air and to your point the fact that he just was like now that wasn't Venus. So I love that because yep. like you said, it's when Farmer Joe or, you know, this guy or a homeless guy or just a regular person or whatever is uh, 
claims that you know they kind of get that side eye and uh and and then they'll and then they get the excuse oh no that was a a meteor shower that was or more recently i think i talked about this recently too a lot they blame a lot on drones recently oh that that had to be a drone well yeah it was in space and i don't know of any drones that can be (laughs) that high but so um yeah i i absolutely loved the uh the fact that he was just like, screw you, you're not going to gaslight me on this one. That was, that was clearly not Venus. I mean, it was a, it was a, 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 a not solid cloud of something a lot. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, I, I really enjoy it. And I, uh, like I said, I was vaguely familiar with it and, uh, it's actually a pretty important one in the UFO history and lore of this. It's uh, yeah, great choice, great choice. I mean, what are your thoughts on it? So, okay, so I, and I know I've said this before. It's the fact that when he got into office, all of a sudden it was you know couldn't mm. do it or whatever, and that and that's not the first time that we've been denied that information obviously mm-hmm. it like oh it comes up a lot with like area 51 and why you know why if it's like a government facility or like it's whatever like why people aren't allowed to visit it mm-hmm. under restriction or whatever yes now my logic behind this is is it, it is weird that he that we wouldn't be told stuff because honestly can you name another instance where the government had an opportunity to monetize something and they don't? That's a great point, Shay. I, I mean, they'll monetize anything. And So why aren't they monetizing this? Not that I think they should charge us for this information, but like, why, why not sell tickets to area 51 and make a fucking killing why not sell us this information why not charge us for tours of this or you know or you know make make money on a documentary showing us this or that or whatever it's weird to me that because this would be easy money that they don't it would be so easy money i'd pay i'd I'd go in a second so what what are they what are they not showing us for that's a that's a great question i've seen that some people you know they're just and i don't i'll just throw a few things that i know is that they uh or i i've heard i shouldn't say i know because i i don't know anything as far as aliens go but um that they i've seen before people say that they warned about telling the mass public about them because it would create the aliens warned about the the, the government about mass hysteria. There was actually a claim by Avi Loeb, a Harvard astrophysicist, that you know they, you know they've come down and actually Trump has talked to them as president because they'll contact with presidents because Trump was be, became aware, after becoming president became aware of the UFO files out there, Project Blue Book and whatever, and wanted to let the the um, the uh, citizens know about it and that they came down and threatened against it and said you can't tell them and some believe that's why trump created the space force because mm-hmm. now he was uh you know he he's like oh we got to protect ourselves from these and others believe that because a lot of sightings are around um missile place a uh, new uh missile silos or uh bases where they have nuclear nuclear uh warheads and that they've come down and warned against the nuclear war that it will not only destroy um the earth eventually that it will it could end up having a lasting impact on not only our galaxy but other galaxies and stuff like that so 
those are two things I've heard. I'm not saying they're true or not. That uh, why maybe they're not. But to your point, it is a great question. Why like why aren't they monetizing in some sort of way or museums? I mean, we have museums about everything nowadays. I mean, it's like the most. I think I just read an article, funny, like two days ago. Rhode Island alone has 40 museums. Wow in a small estate and they're weird stuff like we have the pinball museum which i hear is amazing in Batavia. i really want to go there some one of these days um but like just obscure things like the museum of crocheting or something you know <laughs> like it's just so yeah that's a great question why aren't they making money off us on this and there's gotta, mm -hmm. gotta be a reason because i mean they, they declassified those things in the last few years that they couldn't exp even explain but wouldn't go as far to say that they're alien and but went as far as to say that it's not another government so it's what is it then if it's not another government but it's not like yeah. <laughs> what's in between i don't know so no that's great great point it's uh yeah and this the God, I would, would just love to get a definitive answer. But then again, if we got a definitive answer, then maybe it wouldn't be so fun to talk about all these things if we know for 100%. I don't know. Don't yeah, know. I agree. Oh, great choice, though. You just you, you, you put a president in there or, or whatever, regardless of the outcome, it just adds a whole other sort of level or air of um, validity to yeah. it, you know so great choice great choice thank you well um did we have anything else we wanted to discuss before we let these fine folks go nope i think that's all i have okay all right folks well thanks for joining us and be sure to tune in next week when we set up camp in new york it's going to be a good one so until then, happy camping. Bye. Thanks, guys. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod, no spaces, or on Twitter, ScareYourPantsOffPodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail. See you next time. <laughs>